Hello and welcome to Coffee Time with Ryan, episode 3. Today I sit down with Jordi Lafontaine, who is a powerlifting competitor and the owner and founder of the Barbell Initiative, which is his online coaching platform. And he, he teaches people the big three powerlifting movements, as well as kind of outlines a strength training plan for them to kind of get in shape. Um, we kind of touch on everything fitness related, aside from cardio, but we talk about strength training, we talk about powerlifting, we talk about bodybuilding, we talk about steroids briefly, and we talk about our dogs. So it was a really good conversation. I enjoyed it. Um, I hope you do too. So without further ado, here is the always interesting Jordi Lafontaine. Jordy, welcome to the podcast. Uh, first thing that we always start off with is what are you drinking today? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I have a Miller Lite tall boy with me right now. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> I just had a coffee, so I don't hey, want to no have a second one. No worries. Coffee can be beer, I guess. I had whiskey last time, so I can't really complain. I think Nash, my, the last guest, had uh, the Hey Y'all hard iced tea. Nice. Um, and even before that, the first, my Zach, my first guest, had had tea. So it's it's really a drink time with Ryan, but that doesn't quite roll off the tongue quite as much. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I've got a chocolate fudge Nespresso and some spark for when my uh, throat gets a little dry from talking too much. Oh, there you go. There you go. What time is it? 2 p.m. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> Hopefully I don't get too much light. No, we're good. It's past 12. It's a Saturday. We're fine. Yeah. Uh, so for everyone listening, I mean, this is the first podcast that uh, I've done where I know more about the uh, the topic that we'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and typically, because I've done, you know, psychology and fundraising that were the last two. And I'm not going to lie. I'm very agree on those things. But <laughs> when it comes to, to lifting and bodybuilding and powerlifting, um, I've been at least kind of knowledgeable about it for the past couple of years. I've been, I've been also, you know, into bodybuilding, into powerlifting, into strongman and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how the conversation goes this time around, but for everyone not listening, Rudy, what is powerlifting? Yeah. So powerlifting is uh, the performance of the big three lifts, which would be the squat, the bench, the deadlift. And the goal is to increase your total, which is the sum of all three. Um, it doesn't have to be just those three. I mean, those are the three that are usually in competition. Uh, but the overhead press is also considered a powerlifting movement. But it's mostly the big three lifts. Perfect. And those are kind of full body movements too. Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So you do have a – is it is it a Canada record or a world record? Oh, I, <laughs> I did. I had – I held uh, two – um, and then the federation that I competed in, it, uh, it come, uh, what do you call it? Joined up with another one. And then they took the highest of the two records. So mine is no longer, it's no longer a record. It, you still held it. You, which, what, what were the two records you had? Um, I had a 468 pound squat, um, and a 513 pound deadlift, both in the, uh, 181 pound class jesus for anyone listening who doesn't quite know what that means that's stupid heavy um <laughs> that's, that squat would be the equivalent of having two of me on your back plus uh a pretty solidly big dog and still being able to go down and up <laughs> yeah it was uh it was pretty heavy i don't think i could have gone any higher for sure for <laughs> sure for sure and which which are the big three are your favorite to uh to do oh it always flip-flops between squat and deadlift and it depends on which one is doing better right now my squat (laughs) is in the gutter it is not increasing like it is it feels bad but my deadlift is like uh, i'm shocked at how well it's going it's going up so fast every i feel strong so really it depends on which one's going better definitely not the bench press only because i suck at it so (laughs) it's definitely not my favorite I feel you on that one. I, I'd much rather the deadlift. It feels like you're, there's just something like uh, animalistic about it. You're ripping something off the floor, essentially. For um, sure. Do you remember what your max was? 
five plates, I think, is the best I've done. Holy cow. I think that's right up there. That's what, 495? 495. 495 pounds. I think, I don't know if I added the extra two and a half on either side. Um, Oh, you should have. Yeah, there's a video out there somewhere. I feel like I would have, but I'm going to say 495. So I don't kind of like overestimate my my total on the deadlift, but I'm built more for the deadlift than I am for a squat or a bench being taller. Right. Um, it my just how everything lines up is just a lot better for the deadlift. And especially when I switched from conventional to sumo. And for those of you listening at home who aren't aware of what we're talking about, conventional is where you've got your legs kind of like you're standing straight up um, and you're just bending down and picking up the, the bar and sumo, you've got your legs at wide uh, like a sumo would, would kind of stand when they're getting ready. But when I switched <laughs> to the, it, it went up considerably, but again, that's just all the mechanics of it, right? Yeah, for sure. And like for myself, uh, maybe the same thing for you. Uh, we have a long reach. So that means we're able to deadlift more and our range of motion is shorter at lockout. So that's great for deadlifting. However, it is a nightmare for benching because people with long arms, they got to move the bench or sorry, the bar way more. Uh, so it's a little bit of give and take there. I think I'd prefer to deadlift more though. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, just the rush of it is way more fun. For sure. Um, and you can fail the deadlift, no problem. You just put it back down. Failing the bench is a little bit more scary. I was about to say, you can deadlift without a spotter and not have a care in the world. Squat, maybe, but like a bench, if you're going for something heavy, mm-hmm. uh, a at a certain point. Um, oh, for sure. So how did you get started in powerlifting? Because I know a couple of years ago, uh, you, you decided to, to switch to powerlifting almost kind of full-time um, as a hobby. Yeah, well, since I was super young, like I've always been interested in uh, l- working out, lifting stuff, having big muscles. Uh, since I don't even remember when, like maybe even three years old, four years old, I'd ask my mom if if I shoveled, I'd get big muscles. And she's like, yeah, for sure. And take in the groceries and do this. So <laughs> she, she got an easy, uh, an easy out for that. But um, when I was 16, maybe 17, I'd hit the gym. I had no program. I didn't know what I was doing. I definitely did only bench days and like arm days. Um, but I was going nowhere. Um, and I always wanted to be big and lift a lot just in general. Um, but that style of lifting that I was doing, you know, the general consensus was, Hey, you know, leave your ego at the door, lower the weights, focus on form. And I was like, I do not want to do any of that. I want to bring my ego. I want to be the strongest guy here. I want to just lift the weight. So I didn't really know about powerlifting then, but I'd always be seeing these dudes like, and ladies lifting, just stupid amounts of weights that I couldn't even fathom. I was like, there's no way I could do that. And once I saw that and I did some online research and some YouTubing and I figured out what powerlifting was, uh, that's when I started getting into it. Um, Didn't jump in full force yet, but I was starting to do it. Uh, I jumped in full force maybe like five, five years ago, six years ago, I'd say. But uh, yeah, and how, how did you jump? What do you mean by you jumped in full force? I mean like you started training on your own? You went to a professor, like a, a coach? I would say when I what I mean by full force is uh, doing a program, trying to fix specific techniques, uh, thinking about just increasing that total. Whereas before, I'd squat and kind of just want to get big and you know, do bench and just kind of want to get big and do some tricep stuff. No real plan. Jumping in, I had a plan. I knew what I wanted to do. Uh, I was focusing on the big three lifts. I didn't really care about hypertrophy or getting big. I just wanted to get strong. Mm -hmm. And a side side part of getting uh, getting strong is you get big. For sure. (laughs) For sure, for sure, for sure. I don't think there's anybody out there who can lift 500 pounds, 600 pounds, who isn't also a massive human being. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. You did go to a, a professional powerlifting gym, though, at one point, right? When you were doing your yeah, meets? Yeah, it's, it's closed down now. It was, um, it was in Orleans. Um, it mm-hmm. was a gym. It was a huge gym that focused mostly on powerlifting. Uh, so lots of squat racks, lots of 
competition benches, uh, lots of places to deadlift, specific equipment like a deadlift bar, a powerlifting bar, a safety squat bar, all these implements that powerlifters and strongmen too, they they use. Um, So it was a big, uh, excuse me, a big um, difference compared to when I was working out in a commercial gym. I cannot work out in commercial gyms anymore. There's no way. There's like two squat racks and like some dummies in there doing some ugly squats. I shouldn't say dummy, but someone's like quarter quarter squatting and taking up all the time when I could be in there. So yeah, having going into a powerlifting gym, like a specific powerlifting gym, it uh, it made a big difference for sure. Mm-hmm. So no Planet Fitness no. for you? <laughs> Unless I have to um then i'll make do but uh if i had the choice probably not probably not so you did set up a pretty nice home gym setup uh and i have to say it was really well timed because i think the pandemic kicked in a couple months later so you had everything set up right and then pandemic kicks in everything's out of stock um gyms are closed you've got a nice home gym kind of kind of set up so what has been the benefits you find about working out at home versus going to the powerlifting gym or commercial gym or whatever. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's mostly positives. Um, it's first of all, there's no commute. The commutes to my, to my garage, as you know, you have one as well. Uh, so the commute is, is yeah. quite, quite short. Um, it's not like strangers are there stinking the place up. Uh, no one's staring, you know, you have your time to do stuff. There's none of this, extra fluff that comes with going to commercial gym, like signing in and changing there and getting a towel and saying hi to your buddy. Uh, it's, it's straight to it. Um, you, you make your own rules, you choose your own equipment. If you have the cash, of course, uh, you're not waiting. There's, there's too many positives. There's way too many positives Mm -hmm. to, to having a home gym. I think I would pick that and probably suggest it nine times out of 10. So do you want to quickly go over your home gym setup? Because I know what it looks like. I've, I've seen the pictures of it. I've seen, you know, the videos of you squatting on, on the yep. barbell initiative and doing that kind of stuff. It's, it is beautiful. Do you want to give everybody a rundown yeah, of what you have? Yeah, for sure. Um, basically, it is a squat rack um, with a barbell weights. And that squat rack is bolted down to a platform that I built out of plywood and uh, rubber horse stall mats that's that's basically it it's that's all i need it's um it's not many pieces and for the style of lifting that i'm doing it's it's really uh, all i need everything else is a luxury oh i feel you on that one i started so my first gym i ever trained at was at my high school it was in the back of the high school in a in an old part of the building no one ever went there and it was essentially a nice. hole in the wall so that's kind of I prefer the hole in the wall gyms like yeah. you're talking the, uh, the gringy, the, the dungy. It's, it's, you know, the equipment hasn't been updated for 40 years, but you know, five pounds is five pounds, no matter yep. what it looks like. Uh, so I, I feel you that I do prefer the home gym. It's, it's got that same feel, especially it's in my garage. So it's got that same feel I can put on, whether it be a Carly Ray right, Jepsen yeah. kind of day, a tail. or if, if I'm feeling five finger, uh, five thing, five finger death punch that came out really <laughs> difficult. Um, you can play it however you want. You don't have to worry about it. Um, but so, what are some, what are some of the downsides you're working out at home? Uh, no camaraderie. That's one that I really miss. I mean, you won't really see that in the commercial gym, but in a powerlifting gym, if you are loading up a weight, that's going to be a PR. It doesn't even have to be big. In general, it could be you know 135 pound deadlift. If that's a PR and you're getting hyped up about it. The, the rest of the gym will stop what they're doing and they'll watch you and cheer you on. That's one thing I miss for sure because I don't have that in the home gym, that's for sure. Uh, and it's pretty tough to work out with someone else in the home gym because if you're not the same height, you got to change the, the, uh, the hook, hook location. You gotta, and if you're not the same strength level, you got to be removing plates and putting on plates. Uh, so that part, um, the, the camaraderie, that's, that's a big one. Uh, less equipment. So at, like I was saying before in the powerlifting gym, Oh, excuse me. Uh, in the powerlifting gym, 
there was uh, there were so many implements that I wish I had used, like the safety squat bar, trap bar, deadlift, even uh, a log, like in the strongman competitions, uh, deadlift bar specific for deadlifting. Um, that stuff all costs so much money, and <laughs> I didn't win the lotto yet, so I gotta I gotta stick with what I got. Um, another one is, is the cold. I don't have an insulated garage, which might be a project for next year. So I got to have a, uh, parabolic heater I got from Costco. I got that running 30 minutes before I head in, uh, to heat up the place. And I'm squatting in like three layers of clothes, you know, thermal pants, sweatpants, double socks on the coldest nights. It, it, it ends up being, uh, pretty crazy i have to bring the barbell in because it's so cold let it heat up so i don't have to wear gloves i don't ever wear gloves um and uh what else and the space requirements not a lot of people have the space for a home gym um it's uh, it takes up quite a bit of space if if you uh, if you consider how wide the barbell is uh, how, and you know loading it up you need some space the deadlift platform if if it's combined you need space for that the height requirements it's, it's quite a bit and now on top of that, it's the cost requirements because now in COVID and the pandemic, everyone wants their stuff. Everyone, you know, uh, gym equipment is in so high demand that people are able to raise their prices. I remember when I built my home gym, it was normal to see steel plates at a dollar a pound. Now you see them at like two, two and a half. It's uh, it's nuts. Yeah, it, it definitely is ridiculous in terms of pricing. I've been slowly piecing mine together and, uh, I get the the space requirements. We're looking at setting one up. You can get like a you've seen the folding the folding yes. squat rack. You can get they fold in the. So we're looking at that, and then we realized our garage has a slight downward oh, yeah. slope from about the midway, point, um, which just wouldn't work. And then the back wall is already filled with a bunch of crap. So the only spot we're going to be able to put it in the garage is already filled with. I've got hockey stuff on one side. I've got, um, uh, I set up a little workbench on the other side and then we we bought two old pieces of cardio equipment that kind of take up space so i do feel you i do miss all the equipment that a gym would have whether it's a curl machine or uh like you said squat racks so you can have multiple people working at the same time and not have to worry about yeah. the height difference i used to work out with leah at the at the gym and we'd set the the bar at her height so i'd be i'd be putting <laughs> the weight on my back to out of a mid squat which is the hardest <laughs> right. thing to ever do you start your first squat and you've already done That's half it. Just one. unracking. Um, yeah, and the heat too. I, I I get it. When I go to do kettlebell swings, usually the first set of hunt of a hundred, uh, my hands are pretty damn cold after because the the steel's been sitting there for twenty four hours, just getting cold, and it usually takes a couple, a couple sets to warm up. To you a don't nice bring it in. Um, no, no, it's out there. It's, it's my garage isn't the cleanest. There's quite a bit of dust in there. So I don't really want to bring it in Dust and kind of yeah. dirty up the <laughs> and then have to clean that. So I leave it outside. It's not the biggest issue. If I hold it for maybe a couple of minutes, it'll, it'll warm yeah. up nicely. But uh, I also work out at like three 30. Like as soon as I log off for work, I'm down working out in the day. So it isn't super, super cool nice. down there yet. Um, Aren't you doing like 10,000 kettlebell swings this year or something? This, this month. Holy God, this month. Yeah. So we got, uh, we've got, two 20 pound kettlebells we've got a 35 pound kettlebell and then i've got like a behemoth 70 pound 70 pound kettlebell um and i'm using the 35 to do to do 10,000 kettlebell swings i started with using all of them and just kind of cycling through doing like 10 of each but that was kind of getting boring so now i just do sets of 100 till i get to a point where i don't want to do them anymore um i've got 1,500 left and actually after this after this call i'm going to go and just power through 50 minutes of 15 seconds. So if I do 15 seconds of, um, of kettlebell swings, then 15 seconds of rest, I can get 15 reps out in those 15 seconds. And it should take me give or take about 45 minutes to just polish off the rest of them and get it done by the end oh of the my month. God. So 10,000. I figure it's like, if you do anything, right. If you do 2000 pushups over the course of a month, if you do 10,000 kettlebell swings over the course of a month, if you do 500 deadlifts with 200 pounds, your body's going to change whether you yeah, want it to sure. or not. Um, so I've definitely leaned out a little bit. I've put on, I think, a little bit of muscle in the core area uh, just because you got to kind of keep it tight the whole way through. Um, but I've definitely leaned out a little bit. So if anybody's looking for something challenging, go find a kettlebell that you can do 10 reps with uh, and see how long it takes you to get to 10,000. I will give it this much. 
five eight thousand you don't want to do anymore <laughs> yeah that's that's crazy it, good for you though good for you that's amazing yeah. that's uh staying healthy staying active because you guys don't have the space requirements for for the stuff that you're used to that's that's the most important uh, lots of people just kind of give up because they don't have anything but that shouldn't be an excuse. You should still be able to do stuff. Like I had one friend, he, uh, he went to the same gym, that gym closed down and he didn't have the space requirements for his, uh, his home gym. So he did, I think he did something similar to you where he was doing like a stupid amount of pushups every, every single day, like every hour on the hour, the whole day he'd do 50 or something like that. And, and he mm -hmm. ended up not losing any strength really when, when he did uh, get a chance to bench press. He, he was like 10 pounds off of what he was doing before. And it's not like your muscle is going to really disappear that much as long as you're using it. So if, if, you, if, if you're using your muscle, um, you don't necessarily have to do, you know, 400 pound squats every couple of days. As long, if you did it once, as long as you're not, you know, letting your legs atrophy yep. at all and you're still eating right and you're still you know, getting some kind of exercise in, getting the blood pumping. It's, it's, I find it very difficult to lose the, lose the strength yep. that you once yep. had. Um, really trying to, or you completely change your lifestyle to a, to a degree that it'll do it. But uh, yeah. And even at the, with the home gym, it's fun too, because you can slowly build it. You don't have to, there, and you can add new things that you might That's not have it. had at the other gym. So we, we put in the pull-up bar. Uh, so that was, that was kind of fun to play with. You, know, you can do pull-ups and stuff like that. Um, got a weighted vest. That's fun to do, you know, push-ups and pull-ups, weighted vest. When it gets nicer out, we'll go for heights nice. wearing the weighted vest. And then, uh, getting a, a trx you know the, the trx yeah. cable system stuff. so that too we get out we want to get one of those and kind of put an anchor in the, the ceiling of the garage and then the bonus is we can pack it up in a little kit it weighs nothing throw it in the car if we're going to go away for a week and you can still have it something to yeah do for sure with. uh it's but it's it's still a workout which is absolutely nothing, staying right? healthy staying active that's that's the most important so for someone who doesn't have a home gym, they've got nothing. Okay. They've got 200 bucks. What, uh, what would you suggest they do to kind of set up their home gym? Would you suggest that they go look for dumbbells? They go look for, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other basic equipment, a kettlebell, uh, a single barbell. What, what would you suggest? Hmm. It's a, it's a kind of a shitty answer, but it, it would depend. It would depend on if you're, gonna have some more money in the future i would just say save that 200 bucks and get yourself a barbell and weights uh because the kind of barbells especially now the kind of barbells that you can get for 200 dollars isn't very good i don't think you can actually find any barbells for 200 bucks that are olympic size like the seven foot two inch diameter um even even the one inch ones, some of them are going for a stupid price um but if you weren't getting any money in i would get anything that weighs a lot even even um, if you go and you find a, a tough canvas bag and you fill that up with sand, um, that would be better because then you could do strongman stuff. You could do uh, like you could hold it, squat it, press it overhead, uh, do a lot of strongman competition style movements with with a heavy sandbag. Um, even dumbbells, kettlebells. There's there's lots you can do. Um, it's just it would get harder to scale up when you have. Um, set weights like a dumbbell or a kettlebell um but yeah like i said it would depend if if you can and you have more money coming save it and and get a barbell and weights that's that's my suggestion if not get anything you can get a hold of even if it's a bag that you put sand in that'll do it yeah you can even put that if you get a bag of sand throw it in a backpack go for a you know, five kilometer hike and tell me that you're not yeah. sweating bullets yeah. by the end of it. Yeah, exactly. It could be anything. Like I have, um, I saw one video of this guy. He had uh, a steel, a regular steel pipe. I think he got from Home Depot and he had a bunch of five gallon buckets that he filled with, I think again, sand. And he, he put the buckets on, you know, duct taped them together and he was doing like front squats and uh, who cares? You could do <laughs> curls you could do overhead press there was there's lots of stuff that you could do with, with stuff that's laying around the house yeah where there's yeah, a will no, there's a way definitely so you started the barbell initiative literally out of your 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 garage um 
And what's it been like trying to, because you kind of started it again when you had, you, you set up your home gym, you started the Barbell Initiative, a couple months later, pandemic hits. What's it been like trying to build that uh, that business during a pandemic, especially in something like fitness, where it's it's one thing to build a business where you don't, you don't really need to be interacting with people too much if they're just selling something or you're just, you know, providing a service where you type something up. But with something like uh, the Barbell Initiative, where you're kind of more teaching people to lift, where it's it's a lot more hands-on and you typically would be there to coach them through the form in person. What's it been like trying to kind of navigate the new virtual reality that we live well, in? Well, the, uh, the basis of the company is actually, I would say, 90% online to begin with. Um, so people will film their lifts at whatever pace they want, whatever time, whatever day, at whatever gym, and they'll send it to me for breakdown and, and technique tips, um, as well as custom programming that can be done online. There's only a select few times that I actually had people in person to, to coach um, because, uh, well, there's lots of stuff. I don't want people coming in my house, especially now. Um, but I, I don't want people coming in my house. There's another insurance thing going through there. Uh, there's lots of stuff. But because of the pandemic, it, it, it did hit a little bit because some of my clients, they, they do commercial gyms or they go to private gyms, uh, which are obviously shut down now. So that, that did hit a, a bit. But a lot of my clients have home gyms. So it, it didn't hurt too much. Um, most of my social media stuff has stayed the same. So I've been relatively untouched. And thankfully, I'm not depending on this uh, business to keep to keep me surviving, keep me afloat. So in a way, that's good. It's a lot less pressure, a lot stress free. Um, but yeah, it's actually mostly online. So I'm relatively untouched. That's good to hear. What was the driving uh, kind of principle behind starting the barbell initiative and like what what's its purpose i i want to help people get strong i want to help people get healthy and i want to do away with bad advice in general um bad diets bad you know like the 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 fad diets too um bad workouts the worst i think the worst the worst is when celebrity male celebrities they get jacked out of nowhere and the the magazines are like how did this guy put on 60 pounds of lean muscle in three months and then the, the celebrity's like oh you know i did push-ups and i ate broccoli it's like that is not right that's not true man like these people make millions and millions of dollars off movies because they look good you know they look strong they're they're handsome they they look buff you really think that they're not going to use performance enhancing drugs. They're not going to use steroids. That's the worst part because they are obviously on steroids. No one can put that amount of muscle on naturally. And then, and then they go on to say, yeah, it's because I did push-ups and, and I ate broccoli. Like that's, uh, that's ridiculous. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to get rid of, trying to do away with. Um, I did an Instagram Q and a recently, and that question also popped up and, Basically, uh, I, I'm answering the same thing here. It's like, I just want people to get strong, get healthy, don't listen to the bad advice, and, and I want to curate and develop and redistribute these good resources that I've, I guess I've vetted and made sure that they're okay before I redistribute them. Mm-hmm. And with the celebrity diets too, I mean, you see people do these changes and they're like, oh, you know, I, I ate clean for three months straight. Like you said, uh, I, I did push-ups. Um, I worked with this trainer, but what they don't tell you is they had like a professional dietitian working with them to really dial in everything they needed. They had their professional trainer with them to make sure they're doing everything they needed. They, they were being paid essentially to do nothing but change their body for three months. They had their chemist on standby <laughs> to make sure that they were getting everything that they needed. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you. Those, those front cover pictures where they're like, look at the change in four months. And I'm like, well, the first, the first picture was already to do <laughs> yeah. look good to begin with. The second, picture, the, the second picture, he's now like almost at the point where he can step on stage because he put on so much muscle. And it's that second point, like in the movies, you see, you see these guys shirtless. What they don't tell you is they've been training to be shirtless for six months straight. They get into that peak physical condition. They have, they have their, their shoot for a day or two. 
where they're in the movie shirtless and then they can put a shirt back on and they don't have to worry about it quite as much. Um, but everybody watching at home goes, that's clearly what they look like 24 seven of them. I don't look like it's, uh, it's, it's part of the whole body dysmorphia thing that people don't, I haven't seen it too talked about is the, the, the male side of the house. It's starting to be talked about more, but no one seems to, it was never really talked about that girls have body dysmorphia. These magazines put out pictures of, of, of women that is just photoshopped beyond belief. Tons of makeup. That, that's not what they actually look like day to day. But on the, the guy side too, this fitness magazine, you put pictures out and you're like, that dude's got <laughs> 10 abs. That's not a thing. That's been photoshopped, but we're trained to see that way. Like you said, from a young age, we're, we watch superhero movies where these guys are huge. They're bigger than The Rock. And uh, we're like, that's what clearly we're supposed to look like. And not really. That's, that's, that's yeah. so unhealthy. Um, and you're not supposed to, like, I'm not supposed to be able to see and count your ribs either. Don't get me wrong. There's a there's a healthy medium point, but um, I do think that that it's good what you're doing. Um, kind of bringing attention that there's there's a healthy way to do things. There's you don't have to do these crash diets. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars um, on your various chemistry sets. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. You're assuming the risk and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to knock it. I'm just saying that don't. Uh, don't knock just the hard work. If all you're trying to do is, you know, be healthy and look good, there's ways for sure, to do it. For sure, for sure. No matter what your goal is, there's there's a way to do it. It's just people don't want to put in the time. They don't want to put the effort in and they don't want to, you know, have the process of, of doing this because they want results right away. But, man, if everyone had was able to get results right away, you know, everyone would look so good. Everyone would look amazing. Everyone would be so jacked and so toned and whatever, whatever. But it's really, it's hard work. It's uh, persistence. It's uh, sustainability. It, it, there's no, there's no uh, quick cheating, not cheating, but quick, uh, what am I trying to say here? There's no, yeah, quick fix. Thank quick you. Fix. There's no quick fix. Yeah, and like I, I know, I know a professional. I worked with a professional bodybuilder when I used to work at, I used to work at a supplement store. He was a professional bodybuilder, and kids would come in. They're like, "I want to look like you," and he'd kind of laugh, and he's like, "Get your sleep, eat properly." But afterwards, he's like, "They, they won't." And he was really cool about it. But um, yeah, like if you want to do it, you can do it. There's, there's the even the quick fix ways. That's what I'm trying to say. Is even the quick fix ways, even using your chemistry sets and using steroids and that kind of stuff, you still have to do a lot of hard work. You're not going to inject steroids in your arm or your butt or wherever. And five seconds later, you're going to look, you know, <laughs> like Chris Evans. It takes a lot of hard work to get there to begin with. And people seem to forget that. It's like, yeah, sure. They look huge. They look massive. You see these guys, you know, Ronnie Coleman, all those huge bodybuilders, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But what they forget is, yeah, sure. They did do steroids, but it also did take a lot of hard work. It took a lot of dedication. Um, there's no fast way to get there. The only difference between, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and a guy that might've done it naturally is the size, but it still takes the same amount of hard work and dedication. You're not going to, there's no magic quick fix pill. That means, you know, you take a pill every day. That's your 45 <laughs> minutes of exercise. You're going to look like a, a yeah, magazine no, cover. Exactly. Right? And I hate, I hate when people say, Oh, people that take steroids are cheating. It's like, like what you were saying. It's like people that take steroids work just as hard or harder than people that are natural. Um, the only time that's cheating is if you're taking PEDs and you, you know, compete in a division where it's supposed to be natural or drug tested and you're telling people that you're natural. That's cheating. But just just uh, yeah. using steroids, that's that's not cheating. I think more it's like people feel like they have they have the quick fix, those steroids people and and they're not willing to do it. So they're kind of pissed off. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard work. I mean, if, if somebody were to be taking steroids, I've, I like I've seen it, you've got to keep your body fed, you know, you're constantly burning energy, you're, you're putting on muscle, you've got to stay within certain windows for various, uh, in various meta metabolic mm -hmm. um, situations, I guess, like you want to, it's, it's tough work. It's dangerous. It's, you still gotta, you're basically just taking the cap off of what, yeah. what you can do naturally, but it's still a lot of hard work and a lot of effort. Um, if you're going to be doing, if you're going to be taking steroids and stuff like that, not that I advocate for or against it. I'm very much of the belief, whatever you want to do to your own body, whatever you want to put in your own body, you do you, Just please do not infringe yep. on anything I'm doing. 
if that makes sense. So if you want to do steroids, do steroids, but don't go around telling everybody to do steroids. If you want to, uh, you know, only eat chicken, go around, eat your chicken, but don't that's force it. me to only eat chicken. I'm that's it. That's steak. it. Exactly. And I must say too, there's a lot of guys, especially in commercial gyms that are on PEDs and steroids and they don't look like they're taking PEDs and steroids. So it is not the quick fix that people think it is. There's a lot more people in your commercial gyms that are doing PEDs that you have no idea. Oh yeah. I remember reading an article about it and it was a surprisingly high number of adult men. And I think they said adult men was 18 and older going to commercial gyms that take steroids. And uh, they're like, you know, if whatever percentage it was, it takes it. There's not that many people at a gym that you for sure, take for sure. And I'm, I'm that the people that if uh, if you were to line up a gym and say which one of these people takes steroids, some of the people that will be pointed out and be like that guy takes steroids is natural and just does the hard That's work and the dedication. Yep. There's cues on how to tell if we're taking steroids, but being you know being jacked, being strong, being lean, that's not necessarily one of the one of the clues on if somebody's taking steroids because that could just mean that guy's willing to wake up at five in the morning, go work out, eat clean, you know, not eat a bunch of junk, get his sleep, drink his water. That That's right. He could also steroids. just be genetically gifted too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Genetically gifted to have massive quads <laughs> and tiny arms. Yep. Exactly. What's, what's one of the worst pieces of advice you've gotten or oh. you've seen? <laughs> Oh, that's on the daily. Uh, that's on the daily. I don't think I can rank them. Um, in in general, I think it's. I think we can all agree it's the Instagram uh, influencers that they have no basis. Okay, first I'm actually going to pause there and say one of the things for sure that I'm trying to do in the Barbell Initiative is I'm I'm never going to say anything that uh, or or confidently back anything that I'm not an expert in. So nutrition, um, science studies, um, anything like if someone is saying something black and white, like do this or don't do this, you know, that is a cause for questioning. Um, so back to what I was saying, Instagram influencers that are like, you should never eat like, (laughs) I don't even know, You, you know, never eat uh, broccoli because it messes up your hormones it's like okay is this person a scientist does this person know how to read studies um, anytime someone has something like that it's a red flag uh, so I see that on the daily um, personally I don't remember uh, anyone oh actually yeah 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 <laughs> when I was first starting out I was at I was working out at the YMCA and I was doing uh uh, regular, I was thinking I was doing high bar squats and I think I had 315 on the bar and these two bigger guys, I could hear them talking at the water fountain saying, Oh my God, he should not squat that much weight. He's going to break his neck. Like, yeah, he should probably not do that. Break his neck. And they were saying it loud enough for me to hear, but I just ignored them. That, I think that one, that one stuck, stuck with me, I think. So really quick, do you want to describe the difference between a high bar squat yeah, and a low sure. bar squat? So, on your back, there's two general locations where uh, a, the bar can fit nicely. High bar is what you'd see most weightlifters doing if they're doing a back squat. It's um, it's right up, like kind of below their neck. There's a little meat shelf that that the bar can go on. Um, the low bar, by the name, is that it's a little bit lower and it's on that secondary meat shelf. It's on the um, like more on the rear delts uh, and you'd see most power lifters performing this kind of squat. They're more bent forward. Um, I'd say it's a little bit more of a powerful squat, but the high bar kind of looks like it's resting on your neck where the low bar is, is more on your rear delts. I've never heard shoulders described and traps described as a meat <laughs> shelf, but I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, so. it's one of the terms I use actually quite a bit in my coaching. Yeah. And it makes sense. I, I know exactly what you're talking about in the positions. I personally prefer the low bar squat. Um, and again, it's it depends on how people are built. Some people might prefer, like I said earlier, conventional deadlift with their legs closer together. Some people prefer sumo deadlift with their legs farther apart. Some people prefer a high bar squat. Um, so where it's up kind of resting on your traps at the bottom of your neck. 
Some people will prefer the low bar squat where it's kind of like on the opposite side of the traps. Like you said, that secondary beat shelf where when your shoulders are pinched back, it makes a nice little, a nice little resting place for the bar. But uh, yeah, there's some terrible advice out there and it's always laughable. I find a lot of the times at commercial gyms too, you see people doing the mirror yeah. muscles, if that makes sense. So the things they can mirror and they walk by and I'm like, that dude's got a massive chest and like massive shoulders. He walks by and you're like, okay, but he's like, he's got no hamstrings. He's got no, his pants are just flat on the back. There's no, there's no butt. Um, there's no back. He's, he's uh, very one-sided and you might tip him over if you give him a good tap <laughs> yeah. on the back. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a common occurrence in the commercial gyms. But yeah, even the studies like you're talking about, my favorite thing to do is I'll scroll through Instagram or something like that and have Leah sitting next to me and she's done the schooling. So she's, she's well-versed in the whole nutrition side of it. And uh, I'll show her some of those like, don't eat broccoli because it'll kill you um, posts. And she has a good chuckle and she's like, yeah, that's terrible. That's wrong. That's not, that's really, that doesn't make any sense. Um, it's, it's all in moderation, realistically. I mean, I don't eat too much dairy. That's a personal preference. Uh, I think everybody around me prefers my don't eat too much dairy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even, even dairy, I found that it, it, it uh, so when I stopped and started drinking more water than milk, I found my skin cleared up incredibly. Like it's been one of the best things I've done in terms of getting my face clear of zits was stop drinking milk um, and all those dairy products. And I mean, the farting also really yeah, helps. That's, uh, that's for sure. Weight. <laughs> So uh, you're currently bulking. What's your favorite cheat meal? Like what's your favorite thing to eat uh, when you don't have to worry about your nutrition? You don't have to worry about anything. You're just like, I, I, I've been, I've been dieting for a month, been dieting for three weeks. I'm giving myself a little bit of a break. What's your go-to cheat meal? Is it like a full pizza? Okay. Here's hamburgers? the thing. Okay. I might, I might end up getting some haters on my side for this. My cheat day and my cheat meal is to not eat. Okay. I, yeah, I have a very, very hard time gaining weight. Okay. So it's quite opposite to someone that has a hard time losing weight. Their cheat day is being able to eat whatever food they want because that's what they're trying to avoid. For me is I'm trying to avoid not eating and I put so much effort and, and, um, thought into how much I eat that a cheat day is not being forced to eat. So a cheat day for me is, yeah, it's like skipping a meal. Like that is awesome for me because I'm, I'm usually so full. But um, to answer the question, what would be my favorite bulking meal? Like, I don't care. Like, this is what I need. It's Fruit Loops, a big bowl of Fruit Loops. I'm talking like a quarter bag of Fruit Loops or more um, with a scoop of whey protein, milk, and a bagel. That is that is my number one. Like, I eat that every night. Um at like 10 30 before bed that is my all-time favorite you gotta go sushi I, i'm always a big sushi fan some good salmon sushi getting the is that your, is that your cheat you. meal but i've never uh see that's the thing is i wouldn't necessarily say i have cheat meals when i was more into fitness i had yeah like like a more typical cheat meal where i'd go mm-hmm. to all you can eat sushi and we would go to town go get a massive you know burrito or something like that but uh, so I'm on the other side. So you're more, what you're saying yeah. is you're more ectomorphic, right? Yeah. So again, those of you listening at home, there's, I don't know if this is right, but I'm pretty sure there's three body types. I'm going to get told that it's probably not correct, that there's a better way to put it. But typically you've got people who can put on weight really easily and have a harder time losing it or more on the endomorphic side of things. You got ectomorphics that are easier at losing weight. They typically are a little bit smaller naturally and they have a hard time putting on weight. And then mesomorphics, which is like kind of right in the middle where they just easily can lose. I guess they're just kind of the, the, the middle ground. I'm more on the endomorphic side, right? Love food. Um, I love cake. I love desserts. I, I can go through an entire pizza <laughs> if I really put my mind to it. But uh, yeah, so for me, I don't really diet anymore. I just kind of eat clean or eat, eat in moderation. I say eat clean. I had a couple of chocolate berries before I came, came up here to eat. <laughs> I know. I know. It's the, the big bag you can get from Costco. They're just so goddamn good. Um, yeah, I don't really. I guess I don't really diet anymore. It's just eating clean and eating in moderation. I'm not going to say no to a cupcake. I'm also, you know, not going to shy away from eating a salad if I've eaten like shit for two days straight. But I'm, 
kind of going for the more eating as many different kinds of foods. That possible. is by far the best way to live life, especially in the fitness world. Like people that like keto. Okay. First of all, I'd like to say there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with keto. Okay. It's just that when people are like demonizing carbs and say that carbs are what make you gain fat, it's like, no, 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 no. It's because you're eating too many calories. Um, so if, if you being on a keto diet means you're eating less, that, then yes, you, you, will, you will lose weight. And keto is a great diet if you hate carbs. I don't know anyone that hates carbs. You know, it's um, eating in moderation, having a fully balanced meal, like that is the best. Like, you know, have the recommended daily intake of red meat. Um, you don't have to have it, but if you were, just have the recommended daily intake of the red meat, have lots of um, veggies and fruits, you know, have carbs, just in general, have a balanced diet. And like you said, have as many foods as possible. For sure. And I definitely recommend anyone out there listening to this who just wants to be healthy. I just not eating meat. Not all the time. Like I, we don't eat meat in our house. It's not a standard part of our diet. We'll have maybe, you know, a, a chicken meal, um, I really can't say no to steak. So I might have a steak, a, a nice big piece of red meat every once in a while, but we typically try to end up more on the vegetarian side. And that's just, it's, it's an easier way to eat. It's so much easier on your stomach, but uh, yeah. And the thing about keto is if you're cutting out an entire food group, there's a lot of benefits you can get from carbs that, that you're not going to get from, from mm -hmm. all the other kinds of foods, like whether it be fat. Um, and I mean, like, if you're cutting out carbs, you're saying you're not going to eat any vegetables because vegetables should kind of yeah. be half your plate. You should have that half plate of broccoli when you're eating. You should have that half plate of steamed cauliflower or whatever. You want to have a lot of veggies. So if you're going to cut out an entire food group, eventually you're just going to end up having to supplement those things you would That's have been it. getting from yep. veggies. Yep, exactly. Any, any diet it's works. Just easy, uh, well, I don't want to say any diet works, but I mean, um, there's no inherently uh, bad diet is just depending on what your goals are like if you really hate carbs like yeah then go go keto who cares and there's nothing wrong with going a vegetarian style like um, I was going to say this earlier a friend of mine she was having the same thing uh, skin issues and she cut out she cut out meat and went vegetarian and her skin issues completely cleared up and that's a completely fine diet to to do um, even in, even in the fitness world, as long as you get your protein in, um, you can, you can get your, uh, vegetarian on and still make gains. Mm -hmm. For sure. And like yeah, don't demonize yeah. a food group. If you, if, if you have a craving for some Doritos, go get a bag <laughs> of Doritos. That's it. Maybe don't eat the whole bag. But like, go get a little bag of Doritos and go to town on them. If you want, if you're. If you're somebody who loves movies and you need your popcorn at movies, air pop some popcorn, put a little bit of coconut oil on top, crack some salt, you're good to go. Like don't don't demonize a food because you're scared of what it's gonna gonna do. Like I said, I we eat a I eat a good amount of chocolate and cakes. Um I'm not I don't eat them every day and I don't eat them as, you know, a main staple in my diet. But if I'm going out to get coffee and uh, you know, there's a freshly baked cake there, I might get a slice of cake. I might if somebody offers me a piece of pie. Again, I've never met a pie that uh, I haven't uh, haven't thoroughly sure. enjoyed some ice cream on top. So, don't demonize the food group. And like you said, you can. Everybody has their own kind of genetic makeup where they can kind of tinker around with their what they're eating to see how it works with them. Um, some people might find that their skin's better with dairy. I don't know, uh, but yeah, there's no set way to eat properly. And I'm not a nutritionist. I'm going to try to convince convince Leah to come on the on the podcast and talk about it because she's way more knowledgeable than me. And I'm sure when she hears all this, she's going to be like technically <laughs> right, but there's some other, it's, it's like that with everything. I'm not a specialist in anything. For sure. That's why I talk. for sure. For sure. So who is your favorite fitness athlete of all time or favorite fitness personality? Yeah. Uh, well that, I guess that kind of changes, but right now um, it would be, if I had an all time favorite, out of entertainment, it would be Russell Orhe. He's a power lifter. He is the best power lifter in my weight class in the world. 
um, as well as Chris Bumstead. He just recently won Mr. Olympia for the Classic Physique, uh, and he's from Carlton Place. Mm-hmm. He is, is he from, from Carlton? Carlton Place? Canadian. Yeah. So those those two entertainment value is uh, is definitely there. I, I really like those two. Do you have a physique? You're kind of that's your goal um, physique. <laughs> not really. I mean. Russell or he's pretty jacked. Like if I could get there for sure, I'd like to be like that. Um, the bodybuilding physique, I'm not very uh, fond of. Like I don't like the look of the the super 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 big t-shirts that fit because the rest of your like you just look like a like a round dude until you <laughs> until you take the shirt off. Um, so in general, bodybuilding physiques, I'm not very like I don't want to have that, but I can definitely appreciate it. The current bodybuilding physiques are a little extreme, but I mean, you get that in any kind of sport, faster, bigger, stronger. Uh, you got to go back yes, to the seventies. Frank sure. Zane is, is a goal. That dude was, and he was, he, he, he built his body in kind of a different way. A lot of people go to him and just try to, like you said, lift big weights, get strong, put on as much muscle as possible. But he did it in kind of like a technical way where there's the golden ratio, um, in in uh, architecture and all that kind of stuff and you find it in greek sculptures and he actually sculpted his body essentially to look like a greek sculpture so that his the ratio of his you know his chest to his waist to his wow. arms was all perfect uh, not perfect perfect for him so he would kind of sit there and go okay my arms are say 20 inches around my chest is 44 that's the right. kind of ratio i'm looking at for there however my my legs i'm trying to get one and a half so they should be 36 inches he was a lot more kind of, and I have to say, I think his physique is probably one of the greatest of all times. Arnold won a bunch of Olympias, Mr. Olympias. So he's technically the GOAT. But, uh, and I mean, he went on to have a phenomenal career in politics and acting. Um, but I think Frank Zane, in terms of the everyman physique, I think a lot more people could maybe take a look at uh, what he looks like and be like, wow, he is actually exactly. Nobody can really quite get yeah. that lean as he is in pictures. But, uh, you know, Frank Zane's probably probably one of the best from that that era. That golden era of bodybuilding was was great. Even Steve Reeves, if you want to go back to the fifties, um, in terms of things that people may actually attain, because even back then steroids weren't necessarily as potent and as uh, as well researched as they are now. Now you've, you've got to have a chemist <laughs> sure. on your team. Kind of yeah, no the the natural uh, bodybuilding uh, back then it, it looks. I find it looks a lot more appealing. Uh, than now I mean there are the the different uh, divisions now in the bodybuilding where it's open where it's like just run as many chemicals as you want who cares and then there's the uh, classic physique I believe classic yeah where there's weight classes for your height so you can't go past a certain weight limit uh, so the classic physiques look a, a little bit more like <laughs> less freakish basically and more like the the Frank Zane because that does look more uh, more appealing, I think, to the general public. Um, like you said, like it's it's um, could be attainable naturally. Yeah, it's it's it kind of starts going on. I think the classic physiques that you're talking, like the Olympia ones, those ones are a little that you know, two hundred and ten pounds at say six foot and be at two percent body fat. It's yeah. very difficult to do. But uh, for most people too, I think that's the other problem. Is you see like people say like, Oh, this dude's like 6% body fat. And you take a look at him like, not technically, like maybe if you kind of didn't use a scientific way to measure it, you quickly pinched a couple places yeah. and it came out to 6%. But realistically, a lot of people that when you think of a lean, they're probably thinking maybe between 12 to 16% body fat on men. And for women, they're probably almost up to 20%. Body fat. Uh, and a lot of people focus on the numbers too, where you've, you've got people focused on the scale you know, I have to be 110 pounds to look good. No, you might look great at 130 if you're a woman. You might look great at 180 if you're a guy, at 200 pounds if you're a guy. There's such a big uh, a big difference where instead of maybe using the scale, they should look at the mirror a little bit. For sure, for sure, because if, um, let's say I started at 200 pounds without working out, okay? Um, at my height, I'm 5'7". That would, well, it would be, it would be obese. Um, it it would be in general, I wouldn't be happy. However, if I lost 60 pounds, you know, after many years and then gained 
60 pounds back up while working out and I'm 200 pounds again, the difference would be unbelievable. The, I would look like a different person. So that number on the scale doesn't mean much. It, it is a good measuring tool for um, hitting your goals, especially if you're in a, in a sport that uses weight classes. Uh, and it's a good uh, tool for, for measuring progress. Like myself, if I'm on a bulk, I'm trying to make sure I hit you know a pound a week of uh, uh, gaining. Uh, but a 200-pound person, you know, 10 years from now and they weigh the same and they've been hitting the gym is going to look like a completely different person. For sure. I, uh, what, what got me kind of into the gym was I went for a run thinking seriously into the gym. Uh, I went for a run at first year university maybe. And, uh, it was a very difficult five kilometers and I came home and I took a picture of myself and I was like two fifteen at the time. And, uh, I was a very, very soft two fifteen. And then about a year or two later, I was about two ten, two fifteen again. But like you said, looked completely different like you could actually you could see the the muscle definition um mm -hmm. that nice kind of v that everybody likes uh but uh but just the, the definition was completely different and i i looked my face yeah. looked completely different as well like i had more of a, a lean and even even now i'm sitting at one 195 ish i think but again depending on your height depending on your build as a person 195 on me is going to look completely different from 195 on you completely different from 195 down the street definitely definitely to definitely. a random person and your body likes to sit that kind of a, an area anyway so if you if you uh, if you try too hard to get out of that range that your body likes being at it's very difficult um but yeah like you said focusing on the numbers on the scale aren't necessarily the right way to do it um so with that have you read any good books lately? In general or regarding fitness? Anything. Anything. Oh my God. You know what? I don't even know why I asked that question because I have not read anything. Oh my goodness. I've had so much time and I have not read. Um, so I definitely should pick something up to read. How about you? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to get my way through the new Barack Obama book. Um, I think he's, he's, he's putting out a second one eventually. Uh, about the second half of his presidency. The first one's like 750 pages, and I think I'm on page 200 and something. Um, oh, yeah. It's a slog to get through. And I've got uh, got The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. So Leah got me that for my birthday. It's uh, a single-page day, 366 meditations to kind of put put uh, put your mind in the right frame of mind. I usually read it at night, so it's nice to kind of calm my mind a little bit. And it's got a, a stoic meditation with a little bit of description, but it's not too hard. It's a a page a day kind of thing. Um, and he's got the dates so you can follow along. Uh, and then I've, I picked up the third James Bond book and I'm not going to lie for people who don't read. I think I said in the last podcast, check out James Bond. It's like Hardy boys wow. for kind of like grown men. Um, it's also, it was written in the fifties. So there's some words that they use that you're like, that's really not cool to say these days. <laughs> Super not cool to say, but uh, you just have to remember that they were written you know, half a century ago, which seems crazy to say more than that. And uh, those words were more prevalent back then, but it, it's really cool to kind of read the book and then you can go watch the movie after and see how they adapted it. Um, what about fitness? Do you have a, do you have kind of like the Holy grail of fitness books? I have one that comes to mind. I don't have any um, Holy grail books, but some good resources to start would probably be starting strength. Um, other than that, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I can come up with them off the top of my head. I know I have starting strength at, uh, in my bookshelf, uh, but most of my resources are, are uh, either videos or articles posted online. What about Arnold's I Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding? So I would recommend picking it up. Um, it's not half of it. Isn't something that you can read. It's, it's a lot of like technical know-how on how to do, the lifting but he does have a good chunk of it of just kind of him talking about the bodybuilding community back in the day it is really interesting to read there's he has you know a little bit of the psychology of how <laughs> right. he tried to psych out his i remember opponents. hearing about that actually yeah a little bit of his biography of how he started back in austria when he came to, to the u.s how he was it's a good book um but again if you're into that if you're not into bodybuilding and if you're not into the fitness community or if you're not a fan of arnold you might not enjoy it but uh, I definitely recommend picking nice, that one up. Good suggestion. Very well made. So another question: <laughs> How's the puppy life? Oh going? my god! Yeah, Chewy, he is coming up on seven months old, and he's got quite the personality. He's a big doofus, that's for sure. Um, I think 
I don't. I really hope that we've started the adolescent phase where he stops listening and stuff. Because if it hasn't started, it's already kind of bad. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's such a doofus. Like, but he's brought so so much positivity into our lives, and um, there's lots of stuff that you know, having a dog, you you relate to a a lot more things now more often. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a completely different life experience. I'll say for sure though, that baby fever has gone cold after having a, bu- a puppy. Hot tips <laughs> yeah, for all the guys no, out there. Oh my goodness. When we first had him, uh, when he was like eight weeks old and, and until I don't even remember when we would have to get up and take him out at nine, 12, three and six. And then again at seven for eating. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. How about you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's going well. Like you said, the adolescent phase. So for those of you at home, I've got a Finnish Lappy, Finnish Laphund, and Laphund in Finnish means just farm dog, but it, it looks like a husky kind of shrunk a little bit. She's 30 pounds, and her name is Evie, and she kind of looks like the Pokemon Evie. Yeah, You've got a, a double doodle. doodle. Labradoodle mix. Mm-hmm. His name's <laughs> Chewy. He's adorable. They're both very fluffy. Uh, but yeah, I remember what it was like having to wake up. She wasn't too bad. The breed, Our breeder was wicked. Maple Mist, if anybody wants to go check them out. Fantastic breeder. Uh, she kind of crate trained them before we even got her. So she was kind of partly house trained as well. She didn't ever poop in the house, which was great. But a lot of pee. She's got a little bit of a sensitive tummy. And she's grown accustomed to If she's going to throw up, she comes to see me of, of the two of us. And, and I hate puke and I have to clean it up. But she throws up uh, and it's... She comes into my office, she'll look at me, she'll oh puke, and then God. she'll run over to play with Leah. And I'm like, great. But uh, we've we started letting her, not started, we started over Christmas letting her not sleep in her crate, kind of just leaving the door open and letting her roam around. And it's been it's been fun. But you still get six in the morning, whether it's a weekend or a week work day, mm-hmm. I'll get a wet nose to the face. Like, hey, I got it. Uh, but I do remember the, the beginning days and having to wake up pretty often. You know, peeing in her crate. Uh, and the adolescent phase, you had her trained so she wouldn't pull for, if she saw a dog, she wouldn't pull. She wouldn't get excited over the dog. She'd sit and she'd wait for the dog to come see them. And then, like you said, like it was overnight, all of a sudden she goes absolutely <laughs> batshit crazy when she sees a dog. She's pulling on her face. She's like doing this little paw dance to try to get them. She's barking like a mile a minute. We're like, mm-hmm. we had you trained not to do that. What the hell? And it's happening it's minus 20. So it sucks to give her treats. Yep. You're like, I got to take my mitten off. Give her the treat. My hand's going to get a little bit wet because she's going to get a little spit on it. Um, we've been walking for half an hour because she's, again, so damn fluffy, cute, but so damn fluffy that she doesn't feel the cold. I can feel the cold. My hand's cold now. Um, but yeah, the, the adolescent phase isn't isn't fun. The rebellious no, phase. No, certainly not. It's sometimes like, it, like you said, it's like a command that you know that your dog knows and then he, just, he or she just looks at you and it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, oh my God. You bastard. Yeah, it's like, put it, drop it. And she's like, no, I don't feel like it today. Drop it. I don't have a wet wipe in your mouth. I don't want to pick it up because it's gross because we found it outside. But just goddamn drop it out of your mouth. Um, but we've been trying to train her also with the off-leash stuff. So when we go up to the uh, the in-laws cottage, we'll drop her leash and let her kind of run around a little bit. So we're working on that. That's the next one is that she'll be comfortable kind of running around off mm-hmm. the leash, but also have a really yeah, good. I think that's that's the most important one. We're, we're really, yeah, we're really trying to work on that. We're trying to work on one where when we yell to me, she'll come running and sit between our legs. Nice. Um, so we can grab her. And it's a work in progress. We'll eventually get there. It's just patience and being more stubborn than that's she it. is. I, that kind I didn't of stuff, read right? somewhere online. It's like uh, the saying goes: you have to train the dog in front of you, not the dog that you thought you knew. So if, if Evie's acting up one day, mm-hmm. and like she forgot all her commands, you got to train that dog, not Evie from yesterday that listened to everything. And then the, the positive reinforcement is there'll be times where she's on our balcony and she's, I'm not sure if people can hear it, but she's doing it now where she just howls and barks at everybody and everything. And she barks and the dog, you know, four blocks away, <laughs> barks back and they get into it. And it takes all of our effort to not be like, yep, shut up, shut up. And then we got her when she's quiet, we give her treats so that she knows, she, oh, I'm quiet, I get treats. You know, if I'm walking next to mom and dad and I'm not pulling yep. leash, I get treats. It's that positive reinforcement that so much further than any kind of like stop or don't do that or getting frustrated. But uh, yeah, the, she's definitely 
training our patients all over <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, the dogs, they train you. All right, I won't take any much more of your time. I got some kettlebell swings I got to go do. Thank you for coming on the podcast. But first, shameless self-promotion time. Where can, where can anybody find more information about you? The Barbell Initiative. Uh, yeah, definitely yeah. on Instagram. That's my main source. So at the Barbell Initiative. Um, also on my website, uh, thebarbellinitiative.com. I have um, an article on there on what to buy for a home gym if you're planning on starting one and you have, let's say, unlimited funds. Um, and I'm also putting out another article today uh, regarding the warm-up protocol that I, I ask of people for, for all my clients. Perfect. So this will come out a week later. So for those of you listening, that article is probably already up. Um, any, just a quick question. Any, any idea on if you're ever going to have shirts on your uh, store yeah, to buy? It's, it's a work in progress. Uh, I think by the summertime, I'm going to have some uh, a store up and maybe do some kind of drop shipping where it's you can have a toque, uh, a hat, sweater, sweatpants, and I'd love to get a baseball tee. I love it, like the three quarter, yep. uh, the three quarter sleeve. Got to show off the forearms <laughs> when you do deadlift, <laughs> yeah. right? But uh, yeah, I love. It. Well, thank you again hey, for coming you so on the podcast. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, we'll Take talk care, again thanks. next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to episode three of Coffee Time with Ryan. Jordy uh, and I had a great conversation. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to discuss, please shoot me a message on Instagram or drop me a voicemail through the Anchor website slash app. There's a link in my Instagram bio. Um, next week, I'm going to be doing kind of a single conversation coffee chat between me and you, the listener. So if you have any questions or topics you want to hear my opinion on, by all means, drop them my way and uh, I'll, I'll include them in the next episode. Have a great week. Yeah.